www.thepeopleshow.org. Yo, 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 yo. Can you? Oh, I can't hear myself at all. Check, check, check. Okay, now I can hear myself. Can you hear yourself? Michael? Check, check, check. Yeah, I can hear myself. All right. Let me know if it's too loud. No, it's just right. Just right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is No Suggestion, an improv comedy talk show. Your host, Ralph Jean Pierre, is here. And today's guest is the 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 incredible and the in the one of a kind Michael Bird. Am I saying that right? That's right. The incredible one of a kind, Michael Bird. Michael you said Bird. it just right. <laughs> Bird, Bird, the Birdman Daddy flying anywhere. Um, yeah, fantastic. Um, Michael is a is a, I I want to say a, a, a very beloved and respected New York improv comedian. Do a really special show. I want you to introduce it to everyone. Yeah, I appreciate the compliment. I do a show, an improv show called Bird and Friends Cosmic Unity. And in that show, I walk on stage by myself, but I tell the audience anyone can jump on at any time if they're inspired, uh, whatever anyone does. I incorporate into the improv show. So I just make the show in real time with any number of people who choose to jump into the show that night. And yeah, I've been doing that show now for about four and a half years. I took a little time off during COVID. And now I'm back at it. Uh, okay. I want to hear all about the origin of of how this started. Uh, of course, we could talk about how you got into improv, all that stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Let me tell you the format of the show. So yes. the show is we'll just talk about okay. anything that comes up, anything you want to talk about. Okay. It doesn't have to be about improv. In fact, I'd prefer that it wasn't, but it can be about <laughs> okay. improv. Um, and then at any point during the show, you or I can initiate an improv scene based on anything that we're talking about. At oh, any nice. point, we can just jump into one and the other person will hopefully, you know, jump on in with them. Yeah. And that scene can last 30 seconds. It can last four minutes, whatever it is. And at any point, either of us can call a scene. Got it. And hopefully that happens maybe four times over the course of the next hour. I love that. At least four times. I love that. If, if it's more, that's fantastic. If it's less, I'll feel like I failed. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that's, yeah, that's it. And then we can just talk about anything. And now, when uh, I'm on the radio improvising, I always imagine the people listening on the radio. So I'm not sure what your, uh, what your preference is, but sometimes I just close my eyes and I do like radio improv with the person. That's unreal. How many times have you done improv on the radio? <laughs> I just, I used to do this puppet improv show and, uh, and the audience couldn't see me, but they could just see the puppet. So I'd have to imagine what the audience was seeing and I'd have to imagine what the puppet was seeing, even though I couldn't see anything. I was just underneath the thing. And so in order to practice that show, I would do basically radio improv with my friends. We'd just turn off the lights, close our eyes, and we'd just improvise in the dark. So you couldn't see what we were doing. So we had we were forced to use our imaginations to create things. So I would then bring that force of imagination to the puppets, right? Uh, so that's just how I like to improvise on the radio. This is unreal. Um, I remember, I think I remember there was like a, there was like a puppet improv thing that was happening for a while on the scene. Is that what you're talking about? Like around the pit, they would do stuff. It was yeah. Like this was actually in Washington, DC. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I, I, that, that I, so I've, I've never really done radio play, uh, improv play, but that was the closest, of, closest I've came to it. Wow. Cause it's like, wow, I can't be physical. I have to just use my voice. And whatever I can do with this puppet, um, and so you had to just bring so much imagination and creativity into it. Oh my word, that is already so intense. I feel like 
Um, the the sense I so was the was the format of the show clear? Is that oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah the improv show. yes 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 the sense I get about you is that you you uh one of the senses I get about you is that creativity is a very almost like a tactile thing for you like it's a very like it's like it's like it's almost it's almost like if you're riding in a car you're riding in the car and next to you is sitting creativity like you <laughs> you really it's like a force in your in your life have is that accurate and have you always been that way and what would you attribute that to yeah and it's interesting the word creativity even thinking about what that means because it, it's such a subjective um uh, experience yet people try to put an objective definition on it mm. when it doesn't really have one. So when I think about creativity for me, it's a very personal connection to your heart and it's a very personal connection to your own expression. And um, the, the more opportunity you have to just express it freely without having to be within the confines of expectations. That's why you doing your own projects uh, versus being on like house teams I think it's so such a beautiful way for you to express your creativity. Yeah, um, you hear that improv theaters? <laughs> what I was doing was more beautiful than being cast on a house team. More beautiful. More beautifully creative. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh but I like the analogy uh, or at least the image of me riding uh in a car with uh creativity. I feel like that could be an improv scene. <laughs> hey, uh move over a little bit. Yo, uh, creativity. Look, yeah, what's up? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this road trip because I need to find some inspiration. Okay. Yeah. You want some inspiration? Look at these rings I got on. I got a bunch of gold rings. I, I, yeah, that's some inspiration for you. That is, that's, you know, that is <laughs> move over a little bit. Okay, I'm. Yeah. You know, you know, it's weird that I. I'm driving, right? And you're just kind of crouching into my space. You know, why don't you just kind of stay on the passenger side, creativity? Nah, I got to spread out. I got to spread out, okay? You move. Okay. You move over. Okay, I don't want your I don't want your damn coffee over here either. You hold okay. that coffee oh, while you drive. Uh, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start. Watch the road. Watch the road. Ah, move ah, over. Ah, Jesus Christ, yeah. creativity. Look at the clouds in the sky. Ah, Okay, yeah. all right. You don't have to grab my chin with your 10 rings, okay? I can see. Sure you look. Okay. I'm going to make sure you look. I'm looking. I'm yeah, looking. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking. Yeah. I can't see the road though, creativity. Huh? I can't see the road. Feel the road. Feel oh, the road. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? I listen. Whatever it was, don't you feel more alive? Don't you I, feel more connected to your heart and your I, spirit? I, I, Every time your butthole puckers, your mind opens up. I, I do. I feel it, creativity. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I got these rings on. This, Good shiny ring. Oh fuck! Creativity. The cops just pulled pulled me over. Yeah. Oh fuck! What do I do? I don't know, man. I'm creativity. You what? come up with something. <laughs> I can't help you. I don't deal with the police. Uh, yeah, yes, officer. Uh, son, you were speeding back there, and you were swerving all kinds of directions, and. Honestly, it was like watching a, some sort of road ballet. I mean, I was oh. enchanted by it, and I really just, I really just stopped you to. I want you to come down to the precinct and show my, show my cadets and my, and my sheriffs how to drive the way you drive because we could use some more expression like that in this year, in this year's city. Wow, I, 
I all I can say is thank you, creativity. Yeah, yeah, I'm sleeping with your girlfriend. <laughs> See, <laughs> I feel bad because I've done. I did another scene at another show where I would ended up uh, just sleeping with somebody's girlfriend. But it's, uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone remembers. Nobody remembers. That's fun. Do you think there's people out there that are like, Ralph, you did that? You did that before? Blackout in another improv scene three months ago. It's uh, well, well, yeah. What is that? What is that pride about? Why does that matter? <laughs> Just do it. You always want to have the illusion that you have unlimited moves. I got moves I've never done before. <laughs> I, I, you know, for me, when I do uh, improv, especially Cosmic Unity, I do find myself dropping into certain characters or dynamics um, that I've done before only because I know they work. Like I tend to, in my show, I, I try to play low status mm. and I give the people that jump on the status, the power mm. um, because it makes it more fun. Uh, but in doing so, I find myself playing characters, um, a lot of the same character. Like for example, I love it when I get to play with um, a female character, just like someone who identifies as female and I, and I play their father, but like I'm a low status father and I'm just like, I'm, I'm sorry, sweetheart. I'm trying my best here. Ever since your mom left, kind of kind of father. And then the person who's never done improv can be like, oh, I, I can just play this bitchy daughter or whatever. Uh, yeah. And um, so I've done that quite a few times. And I, I'm like, I think it's okay. Because it ends up being different. I'm so, I mean, I had a discussion with some of my students. I've been having this discussion with a lot of, uh, young artists, especially actors, about like, are you an actor or an artist? And I really feel like a lot of we get fixated, and I definitely include myself in that of like, yeah, having a bunch of different moves, being very versatile. Like, I know I've run into people recently like complaining about like in my rapping, like, you rap about these and you rap as well, right? I wouldn't go that far. I would, if you rap, I play around with I don't the know lines. that you can rap, but okay. But <laughs> like in my songs and stuff, like, I, I tend to rap about the same things all the time. But it's like, first of all, how many things are there to rap about? Not really? Many. Not yeah, many. there's not that many things in life that are really of interest that really. The things that catch your heart that you're always mulling over and thinking about and ruminating on and hmm. run into over and over in life. There's yeah. only a couple of things and those are the things you'll end up talking about. And it's just like that's what you're there to do is express. These are the central themes, core themes of my life that my life revolves around. What you know are the what themes? Uh, for me, um, there's a lot about wolves because the name Ralph means wolf. And really? I, yeah. I, it means it in what language? I think German. Really? Yeah. So I, I there's some parts of that I identify. I also know I'm big into personality types. And one time I saw that the animal of my personality type was wolf. And so there's some parts of that I identify with. So there's that. I rap about my mom. So you rap about wolves a lot? I, I just make a parallel between myself and wolves Ooh. a lot that happens. I rap about my mom a lot. I rap from my mom's point of view a lot. I rap from the point of view of other people admonishing me a lot. Um, and uh, what are the, the other things I rap about? Uh, uh, striving and trying to make it, having dreams, having a broken heart. You know, all the same shit that everybody's rapping about. I don't tend to rap about like hustling or making money because I've not been very good at those things in my life. So I don't rap about those things. So those are like the few I rap about God a lot. I my relationship to God. I rap about uh, wrestling with ideas or themes or sadness or loneliness or strife. 
you know, it's like the same the same little cone of of stuff that I'm rapping about. And it's like similar in my improv. It's like sometimes I might hit on something like, oh, I've never done this before. I've never done this rhythm or this accent or but it's a lot of the same stuff. And I think that's OK. That's my that's the expression of me. That's who I am as an artist. These are the colors that I prefer. And I work sometimes in colors that are like new to me and see what comes out there. Uh, Ralph, um, I look, I, I support you, baby. I support your career, rap career. And I know you rap about the things you love. I, I just, why haven't you just made at least one song about me? Just, just one song. I feel like I, I, I should be one of your core central thematic themes in your life, baby. Well, I did make a song. I made a song about how you, uh, I made a song about how you, you know, you really wanted a dog. I made a song about that. That you that, wanted a dog. I, so I made a song about how you wanted a dog. Yeah, no, I, and I, I appreciated that, uh, Ralph. It's it a really, the, really popular song. But yeah, but the, the, the song, the song just became about the dogs. And then, you know, the, the first line was, my girlfriend wants a dog. And then it went into just your love of dogs. And I never made another appearance after, after that. Look, I, I'm not, I just want. The chorus is, you want a dog. That was the chorus of the song. So that for sure, I, that, I did do that. Can we, can we play that chorus real quick? My girlfriend likes dogs. She wants a dog. Here's the list of dogs that we want. Mastiff, bullhound. Yeah, just that's the this is a one line chorus. I'm sorry. Look, I again, I'm not trying to be. It's just we've we've been together now for eight years, and I, you're not even proposing to me. And you know, I don't my, understand what 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 can I rap about? Uh, you know, our lives are very private. Our love is very private. What am I going to rap about? You know, you have you have brown hair. You know what? About yeah. Listen, I. I my sister thinks that you don't actually love me and that's why you haven't made a song about me and you're not proposing to me and she probably thinks you're cheating on me too, okay? Because you have a lot of songs about other women, Ralph. Other women who aren't me, okay? So I don't even know if you love me anymore, Ralph. I really, you know, I just, I've been meaning to talk to you about your sister, but I haven't known how to bring it up, so. What about Sheila? Listen, uh, I don't know how to say this. I'm not always good at expressing myself face-to-face, person-to-person. So my really deep, true emotions, I usually try to convey in a song. So here's a song I wrote about your sister, Sheila. (laughs) Sheila, your eyes are deep and brown. So soulful. Everywhere I go. And my mind is melted down. Why, Sheila? Why you talk about me so bad? We don't talk about all the memories that we had. Yeah. Why'd you you pause it? I don't know what to feel or think. Wait. This is a song about your loudmouth sister, Sheila. Wait, does Sheila have a, a duo on this song? Well, this is a whole album I wrote about Sheila. Play. Baby, baby, oh, I yeah, like it when you Sheila. touch me like that. Oh, yeah, baby, Sheila. baby, Damn, give it to me girl. like that. Damn. Baby, I'm going to propose. Are you fucking my sister? Listen, I, I don't know if you understand. This is an album about how loud mouth and intrusive your sister is. 
Don't you get it? I don't know if you know how to understand music. This is an art. I use it to express my emotions that I can't just say face to face. Okay, right now. Right now, Ralph, I want to hear a song about me expressing your love for me right now. Oh, my God. Right here in the kitchen? You want me to just... Yeah, right here in the kitchen. Put, you, put, your, put your orange juice down. <sighs> put your orange juice down and sing a song to me like you fucking mean it. All right, all right. Um, hey, girl, you got brown hair. <laughs> um. I would call, I would I would call the black out there. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, just go see. Okay, let me tell you this, Michael. Uh, this is unreal. This is un- I don't know if you know this. No, not at all. I am I am ex- exactly six months out of a relationship with a woman that I was never able to write songs about. <laughs> I was in love with her. But there had some block, and the only song I did write about her was a song about a dog, which was called, <laughs> her name was Anya, and the song was called Anya Wants to Have a Dog. <laughs> so that was truth and comedy. It was painfully true. <laughs> I don't know how or why that just happened. It hurts so much. It was be- I feel like, yeah, the, 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 the muses came down. <laughs> Um, the the pain muses the breakup muses <laughs> oh lord oh lord I feel like sometimes the uh, that I mean as corny and cliche as it sounds sometimes that's where the best art comes from though right oh that deep pain I mean I was never the whole time I was with uh, with Anya I was I, 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 I was never able to write a love song about her and it wasn't for lack of feelings it was like some I had some sort of block. Well, the positive spin on it, I would say, would be if she if she were to question me, like, why haven't you wrote a song about me? You say you love me. And my response would be like, you're so perfect that I need to write the perfect song. And it's really, really difficult to write the perfect song about you, baby. I think I know <laughs> what it was. And it was that I had some sort of like idea of dutifulness that mm-hmm. you that I needed to. Because I think... We were together a long time, and I was on my way to. I never proposed, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and I was on my way to proposing. I felt we were on our way to be married and be a family, and I felt there was some sort of like dutifulness I needed to have that I carried, and I didn't realize that that was like blocking me from being soft enough mm-hmm. to write a, a love song. Mm. It and I, I didn't, I wouldn't have known that had we not broken up. It just, I see. I just was never. I, I felt like I always had to be like upright and. Mm. strong oh my god what is happening that's my birthday 11 19 ah that keeps happening when what is happening okay talk to me about uh about how how are you in that in that department in the in the love department are you do you have luck are you is there currently a situation how does that uh uh, fit into your life of like traveling and i'm sure you have a day job and all this other stuff how does how that where's or even if nothing else what is your perspective on that part of life that's a great question i have been in a few serious relationships but i've never i've never been in a relationship where i've been mature like those those relationships, I look back. I'm like, damn, I was so immature. Mm. I wasn't a man. Um, like I'm 38 now. We're the same age. We're the same age. Yeah. My, my last 
serious relationship was probably when I was 31. Wow. Wow. And I haven't been in a relationship since because I think I was just, I've just been on a journey of maturity. Um, and now at 38, I, I feel so content and so happy just being me that I don't really crave a relationship anymore. Um, like I've, I haven't deleted my apps, but I put them on pause. Right, 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 <laughs> I put right. them on pause. Yeah. And because uh, I don't want to have to create a whole new profile in case I get back, I yeah. get off the Zen bullshit that I'm talking about <laughs> right now. But um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay being single. And yeah. so as a result, I don't crave it. Now, that's not to say that when I meet someone really cool whom I'm attracted to on a lot of different dimensions, I don't get excited. Like I do get excited and think about the potential of where this could go, but that's, it's rare for that to happen for me. And not that I'm picky. It's just, I think I'm looking for someone who has a similar vibe where it's like, they don't need to be in a relationship because they're also happy. Yeah. And so those, that's tough because now both people are happy and they're not seeking happiness outside. So it's almost this um, catch 22 conundrum where it's like, I'm I'm cool being single, but I want to be with someone who's also cool being single, so we can be <laughs> together. How yeah, does that work? It's so it's a very weird. modern conundrum. Like I I yeah, this idea of like we're not living in a time where people have to be together, so people are choosing to not be together. And I I don't know I don't know maybe that works just fine. Maybe that's wonderful. Maybe that's the new way of things. Maybe. There's something we're not seeing about that. Maybe it could go even further in that direction that we really shouldn't, you know, we really should just be together in short bursts. Or I don't know. It's feels very modern, like a modern issue of dating. Well, for you, how do you feel? Do you want to be in a relationship like right now? Is that something you want? Not necessarily your emotional state at the moment, but in general, do you feel like that's something you foresee? I've been... Okay, I'm just gonna say I've been like mostly coy and and what's the word I'm looking for surreptitious or uh, just speaking around the subject. I'm just gonna try to speak as freely as I can now. Like uh, I I wanted to marry this woman, and Anya. I would yeah I would be married to her. Yeah, I would be married to Anya now if I if I could. Uh, Do you still feel that way? Uh, oh yeah, big big time. I couldn't I couldn't feel more that way. And, um, so you love her? Yes, yes. And I always, I always wanted to be married. I always wanted to have a family. I always wanted to be a dad. There was a block when I was with her where it was like that got a little muddy. Maybe it was because I think it's because the opportunity for that to be real never really manifested itself in my life. So when it was presented to me, it was like, just take it. That's, it. you know what I mean? I spent most of my life uh, single. So it was like, strange to be like oh now you can be married and have a family i was just like what you know so it took me a couple of years to like wrap my head around that and and then when i did it was kind of that was right when we were breaking up who ended it uh anya ended it oh yeah did she say why it's been six months of back and it was almost exactly six months ago and it's been six months of of back and forth that's been very uh, long and drawn out and painful, deeply painful. Six months of what? Trying to figure you out. What do you mean? What was, what's uh, the back and forth about? The back and forth is mostly about. 
I think feels like we just grew apart. Yeah. As I was becoming sure that I wanted to marry her. And if we were already married, it might have been might have been different. Yeah. But we just grew apart and I hadn't proposed. Yeah. And we didn't grow apart. We we're still very close, but we grew differently. Yeah. You know? And um as individuals. Yes. And, and did you did that make you less compatible? In some ways it seems like it did. In some ways it seems like it really did. And I don't know. I think we both feel different ways about it. I think for her, she feels like it's a deal breaker and I want to go explore other things. To me, I'm just like, yeah, if you're with someone for decades, if you're with someone for one decade, let alone two or three, that's going to happen probably several times. Mm. You're both going to move and change. Mm. And like you're part of the job is to learn how to do that. But with each other. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's what it is. I think that's what you hope for. If the relationship is dynamic and you're both still facing challenges and growing and learning and, you know, building things together, mm. that, that's what it is. So, woo, you probably know her. She was a comedian and an improviser. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking oh about. Oh, my God, this hurts. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's wild. I'm at a point now where I can talk about it, but it is so, it's so strange. Um, yes, I, what, okay, I want to stay on this. For you, do you feel you could just be single the rest of your days and be good and be, like, not that you never get in a relationship, but, you know, you never have, like, a big, long, serious one from this point on? Yeah, I, I mean, because the way I see it right now, I'm very happy, and I don't, and and I'm single right now. Mm. So if I'm happy right now and I'm single right now, then I'm I'm not quite sure what I need to add to increase the happiness I already have. Mm. So if I tell myself, oh, I need to eventually be with somebody then that means I'm not actually happy. There's some, There's a longing that I have. That is wild. Yeah. And I don't have that longing. Unless I meet someone, I'm like, ooh, this person, like, ooh, this person, like, rocks. Like, uh, uh, not too long ago, I met a person who kind of rocked my world, and it, like, shook me, and I was like, wow, I'm, I like this person a lot. And I was, like, getting into it. And just, like, we were texting back and forth, and I was just, like, in that mode. And I was like, okay, I could have a girlfriend. This would be great. All right, I like this. Uh, and, um, but then this is, this is typically what happens, um, when I, when I meet like a girl who's kind of like me, who's cool being single, eventually it'll get like, a, we'll have like a powerful connection. And then, and then at least my experience so far has been, um, she'll kind of turn away. That's kind of what happened recently. So she's just kind of like not ghosted me, but the texts have become very like one sentence responses. We used to like text epic you know soul sharing um messages to each other and then that transition like it, that hurt me it actually i felt the pain i was like wow this sucks yeah and then i thought oh it's so interesting though because before her i was completely happy so i guess what i'm trying to say is when i answer your question like right now if somebody told me hey bird you're going to be single for the rest of your life i'd be like cool 
thanks for letting me know so I can like, you know, just because there's people who do that, right? Like monks and priests or whatever. But um, you give me a monk and priest vibe. Really. <laughs> yeah hopefully more monk yeah, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and yeah. and so i uh i in essence uh to answer your question i feel like i want to say yeah i'd be cool being single for the rest of my life but then i have these moments where i meet someone who who like i said rocks my soul and i'm just like oh yeah yeah this does feel nice though i'm sorry you you have to fly alone i have to fly alone we we're both birds and we both enjoy flying the similar kinds of skies and migrating to similar types of places. And we really enjoy flying together. And the formations I make with you have never made with another bird. But I'm, I'm sorry. We're, we'll have to part at, from this the cliff of this mountain. Once, once I fly off, I want to fly off alone. What? But I... I've never, I've never been alone. I, I, you know, I had my mom who raised me, and then, and then I met you pretty much right after, right mm-hmm. after, right after college. Oh, you're the only other bird I've ever flown with besides my my mother, who what? was eaten by a falcon. Well, that's the thing. I don't want to get eaten by a falcon, just like your mom. You know what I mean? Like we got birds of a feather got to stick together. Come on, Brenda, Brenda, Brenda. Hey, baby, 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 baby. Is it? Did I, did I say or do something that upset you? Hume. One day, one of us will be eaten by a falcon. That day could be today. That day could be tomorrow. The falcon could be the ocean or a cliff or old age or an actual falcon. But one day, one of us will be eaten by a falcon. (laughs) I, I, I feel like my heart's getting eaten by a falcon right now. Maybe that happens to prepare you for the eventuality that a real falcon will eat you. But are you saying you want to break up with me in the event that you need to prepare yourself for a potential falcon feast? I'm saying that because it's absolutely true. We're both feasts for falcons. One day we'll both be a Thanksgiving banquet for a falcon. A falcon will feast upon both of us as if it's just its dinner of the night. It will it will gorge and feast and dab its lips with a napkin, not knowing that we both had a rich life and a rich romance and love, and before that a partner, uh, uh, before that a relationship with our mothers that held us dear and close, and that their cousin or f- brother also ps- chomped on like it was a like it was some sort of cauliflower buffalo cauliflower we are all fodder for falcons i knew i should not have let you listen to any spiritual eckhart tolle bullshit whatever you know what i knew this was going to be an issue i have seven hours of it on my on my iphone you know ever since you started listening to oprah no offense to oprah you've been acting so freaking above everything there's 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 always going to be pain. It's just about whether or not you choose to endure it. I choose to take the pain and to fly off into the wind. I'm flying toward the wind now, Hume. Please let Brenda the bird go. Hume the bird, you go be a bird on that side of the world. I'll be a bird on this side of the world. We'll always remember one another. We'll always cherish these memories, how we spent time together, how we how we rose and fall and dove into the wind together and and reconnected. Hume just blows up like a feathers because a bullet just hit him. Uh, wow. A metal falcon. 
scene. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> ah! Ah! I wish uh, I was healing. <laughs> it was it was. It's it's yes. Well, talk about um I I'm hoping that this will lead into your into your show and what the ethos of your show is, but it's not it's no small feat to just say and it's something that I can outside of this wretched uh uh, uh pain of my relationship uh I feel m- happy like m- most of the time I feel happy in my life I feel happy about life mm. but it's no small feat to be able to say that about life and about the life you're living what do you think has enabled you to attain that and to maintain that your happiness what would you attribute that to honestly i would say covid had a lot to do with it wow because when covid hits you know as as everyone knows everything stopped and i was living by myself most of my friends left um the city most of my friends were improv friends at that time mm. and yeah so i it was just me mm. and um, I also grew up as an only child though. It was just my mom and I, and my mom worked a lot and my mom never hired a babysitter. Like my mom, I'd be like six, seven years old before my mom would go to work. She'd look at me and she'd look me in my eyes and she'd say, you don't leave the fucking house. <laughs> really? I'd be like, okay, mommy. <laughs> she'd be in the car and go, and I'd just be in my, my house alone as a seven year old. Did you have family nearby? No. Wow. <laughs> But I found I when I was a kid though I was like I was able to entertain myself. This was before cable. We didn't even have the internet at the time uh, or any computers. So I just had to like figure out how to entertain myself, and I and that's what I did as a kid. So when COVID hit, um, I was like, oh, I've done this. Like when I was a seven, I like I've this this is I trained for this much like Brenda the Falcon. Like I've I've trained for this as as a kid. Gosh, um, wow! That, I feel like I had the exact same experience. Wow. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. I love that. And so uh, also spirituality is very important to me. Mm -hmm. And I think being alone, being comfortable with being alone, let me really lean into my spirituality. And uh, so I got really deep into that. And, um, you know, I subscribe to, um, there's there's uh, there's a branch of Hinduism uh, called Vedanta. And, And that's what I study primarily for my spirituality. And so I really got into Vedanta during COVID as well. And, and through Vedanta, um, that religion, you just kind of learn how to find happiness within. And it's a whole ph- philosophical structure of a deep dive within. So COVID was the perfect time for me to be alone, to not have any distraction. I even canceled Netflix. I was like, let me make this like when I was a kid. And so like I canceled, um, yeah, all my like live streaming, all, all my streaming stuff. And uh, I would say I attribute a lot of my happiness to that time that still stays with me today. Wow. Wow. Where would you, what, what would you say uh, was different before the pandemic? I would say before the pandemic, I was chasing things that I thought were important. Like I thought doing my show was super important. I thought getting known was super important. I thought like getting validation in New York City was important. I thought all this stuff was important. And then when COVID hit, I watched New York City literally crumble. Yeah. Like, and I realized, oh, New York City is just an illusion in everyone's minds that we just kind of project out. Like we're just like, New York City is just people, right? 
And it's people believing in this idea of New York City that makes New York City New York City, right? So you you show up here, you catch that imaginative vibe from everyone else, and you just kind of fall into place. And I think in the comedy world, the the illusion is, oh, I have to be um, really funny here, so I can be really respected here, and I gotta like be crushing it in shows, and I gotta get paid to do. I should be getting paid to do comedy. That should be my full. And so I realized. When COVID hit and all my comedian friends left the city um, and everything shut down, all the restaurants, I just really saw New York City for what it was. Mm. And it wasn't anything more than any other place in the world. So I, I think what's different now is now that things have kind of come back, the imagination is back. I still see it for what it is, just an illusion. I saw it dead. Like I saw it when I went to, I would go to Times Square on my bike. Nobody would be out. No cars would be out. It was just me and the naked cowboy, if you knew who that is. Mm, like, he'd remember, be out there? He'd be out there. I remember I, w- I was biking because I wanted to see Times Square, like yeah. empty. Um, and it was crazy. It was like this desolate, yeah. um, futuristic wasteland. Gosh, I forget about those times. I remember seeing the same thing, yeah. And I remember I pull up on my bike and the naked cowboy, if you know who he is, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Just in his boots, he's got like his little speedo, he's got a big guitar, a cowboy hat. And I remember I look up at him and he just waves at me. Um, and I waved back at him and then I went on my, 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 my merry way. Yeah. But the point I'm trying to make is that, yeah, I kind of just saw New York City for what it was, just like a, a, um, a beautiful place, but a place that is in essence just like anywhere else. Wow. Unreal. Um, let me read this real quick. Um, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent listener-supported radio. Thanks for listening. And uh, if you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please download our free mobile app for iPhone and Android, available in the App Store for iPhone and Google Play Store for Android. Also, this podcast, again, is called No Suggestion. It's an improv comedy talk show. You're listening to If you're listening to it on your podcast apps, please rate rate us five stars and subscribe and tell a friend that you you love us we're here with michael bird um hey uh you can there's no one left in this town uh cowboy you could just um you don't have to be so cool i mean this is uh everybody's moving away from this town you just got you got a straw in your mouth and you get your hat tilted. I just, it's just us. You think this is an act? I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I just, I'm just a, I'm just a, I just wiped down the tables in the saloons here, but I, I don't know if anybody could be that cool all the time. It didn't seem natural. Now you look here, Eddie. In this town, it's just you and me. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to be leaving with my family soon. I just I'm right gonna, now, I just tell you, you could leave right. I'm not leaving this this town. I'm the coolest cowboy in town, Eddie. And when you're the coolest cowboy in town, you don't leave town, Eddie. You could be cool somewhere else. You could go to a town that's full of people. I think you're pretty cool. You could still be cool in that town. Eddie. I'm cool in this town. All right. What the? That's right. You I, just hit. You just hit the chandelier in every uh, every saloon on that side of the street. That's right, Eddie. Now, 
I'd like to address the fact that you think that this is an act, Eddie. I don't mean to say I don't want to be insulting. And uh, well, you've insulted the coolest cowboy in town. I'm not gonna duel with you. I know we're standing in the middle of the street. That's a tumbleweed. Listen, I, I'm not gonna duel with you. I didn't mean to insult your cool, but that's not some sort of crime or sin. I, I really care about you, and I think you're the coolest. Now, now we're standing back to back, Eddie. And you're gonna take ten paces and i'm gonna take 10 paces i'm gonna pace in the same direction that you pace and let the coolest a, man when you turn around stay standing when you turn around i'm gonna turn around behind you so that when you turn around there's no one in front of you that's not cool eddie i'm not cool i i wipe so i wipe tables down in the saloon i don't want to be shot by the coolest cowboy in a, in a ghost town or anybody i don't want to be shot and i don't want you to kill me i want us to be friends you should be so lucky that I would shoot you because then you could say I was shot dead by the coolest cowboy. I wouldn't be able to say that. I'd be dead. You'd be saying it to Satan. <laughs> Why are you so upset? You're that upset with me that you, you, you're going you're gonna to infer that I would go to hell? Because you think that this is an act, Eddie. You're, pay, you're hiking your, pant, your britches way up high. Yeah, because that's how it's done, Eddie. If you're the coolest cowboy, the coolest cowboy stretches his jeans as high as he can go. You, you, you've, you'd spit your, uh, you spit your straw on the ground. I know what I did, Eddie. I know what Jumping up what, and down in your hat. Why is everyone leaving me, Eddie? This town is dead. Where everybody's going to a better town. <laughs> There's more jobs in this other town. You can come with us. There's room in our wagon. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. You're my only friend. You know that. We're friends? That's awesome. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're uh, bald. Oh, my hat came off. <laughs> See? <laughs> That's beautiful. My hair came off. Um, I want. I, I want to know about a uh, cosmic unity. How it came to be. I think it's such a unique and cool show. I love. Uh, I just. I'm. I feel like I'm always looking at new improv, New York improv in particular, mm. and how it'll grow and how it'll expand and sustain itself. And I mm. think that's such an original idea, and it feels so personal to you. So I, I really want to want to hear about it. Um, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, I like I said the name of the show is Bird and Friends Cosmic Unity. I think the reason I do the show now is um, for a few reasons. One, I do have a vision for the show, and it's just to spread as much love as I can through the medium of improv. Mm. And I think improv is one of the most accessible art forms there is. Like mm. anyone can do it. Like if you're an adult, you can improvise, right? Because absolutely, improv is really just adults playing pretend. That's all it is. Yes. And I spent tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> learning how to do it. <laughs> and that's all I have is that it's just adults playing pretend. Like when I when I teach people, that's what I say. It's just adults playing pretend. Mm. And I think do, as children, you mm -hmm. uh, and I'm gonna. This is I guess a little bit of business mind. But when you go off and do these a lot of these shows, are you able to like? create workshops around around your shows like if you go to festivals and stuff because you tour quite a bit i do yeah i think right now i'm just trying to make the show as good as it can be mm. and i think at 
at some point I would like to teach a workshop, but that's not really my focus when I, when I travel. It's really mm. just to do the show. Wonderful. Um, and then just to create something magical and wonderful. If I were to teach a workshop, I'd have to think through what I'd want to teach that hasn't already been taught before. Mm. And I would want it to be uh, a mind-blowing workshop. Like I know for me, I, I think about the teachers I had um, that blew my mind. Like the workshops that really deeply affected the way I improvise. Who's the first two teachers that come to mind? Shout them out. David Rizowski mm-hmm. and Jason Schatz. Nice. Nice. Beautiful. I don't know if you want to say why. Yes. Oh, okay. Absolutely. David Rizowski because he's the first person who taught me what it meant to be present uh, in improv. He's the one who taught me that the present moment is where all the creativity, the fun, the funny, all that stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. And so... I really learned that from him. And that changed what well, also changed my life. Like he had me read a book called um, Buddhism Plain and Simple because he told me that that was the best improv book he had ever read. Ooh, and I okay. read that and not only did it affect my improv immensely, but it also affected my life. Yeah. So little did I know, like that was like my portal into Buddhism. And then that like brought me down into the spirituality even more. Um, and then Jason Schatz, because Jason Schatz, he taught me what it meant to be um, incredibly agreeable with your improv partner, um, meaning uh, just super po- like not trying to argue with your scene partner. Uh, and even if you do argue, it's from a sense of play. It's from a sense of fun. Mm. Um, but he really taught me what it meant to just get into the scene with your scene partner. Mm. Uh, he called it get into, getting into the boat. Like you have an initiation, you're on a boat, and then um, you just step into the boat. You don't have to be like, I don't know if I like that boat. Like just fucking get into the boat. Mm. And so he had a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, exercises that would just get at that. And that really affected me as well. So now when I improvise, I, I try and be incredibly present. I don't like to f- think about what's going to happen because I know whatever could happen is not better than what's currently happening. Mm. And I try and genuinely play in a space of non-judgment um, uh, with my scene partner. So it's like, whatever you say or do, I'm not going to judge it. Um, and I'm also not going to judge myself. And so those are the the two core tenets I I play with currently, and I have to thank those two improv teachers for really bestowing that upon me. Where did you start studying? Austin, Texas. Okay, okay. Both of those guys I feel like are based in Chicago. Am I wrong? Yeah, they came out of Chicago. Uh, uh, Dave Rosowski is in L.A. now, but Jason Schatz is still in Chicago. Okay. Wow. So you really went from Austin, what, to Chicago to New York? Yeah. I and w- D.C. was in there somewhere? Yeah, I from Austin to DC, and then I'd go to Chicago every summer just to train. Mm. And I did that for about seven or eight years, and then I moved to New York City, and now I'm just here doing improv. We didn't get to this, but I want to ask: What is your? You have a day job? I do. What is your day job? I am a auditor for the government. Wow! So in essence, I work for a government agency, and I ensure that. Um, taxpayer money is being used the way it's intended to be used because when it comes to money, you know, people want it and um, they'll take it and they'll just steal it. And so I have to make sure that that doesn't happen. So that's what I do for my day job. Does that require a certain kind of temperament or personality to do that particular job? You it's, feel? it's weird. It does. But the, 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 
people who are auditors, they, a lot of them get it wrong. Like they think they have to be assholes. Like they have to have big egos. They have to strike fear into the people they're auditing. Um, but my approach is uh, one of empathy and love. So mm. if I have to audit you, one, I already know nobody likes being audited. The word mm. scares people. Um, and so the the temperament that's actually needed is um, that of a, a kind, loving person. Uh, because then you treat each other like business partners and then you're, you're able to actually help each other because the real job of an auditor is to help improve processes like, like a consultant. Um, and so to answer your question, I would argue the temperament that's needed is one of super, um, inter- super, super positive interpersonal skills with, with a lot of empathy. It's that, I mean, is is there math involved in this job too? A little bit. Okay. I, I yeah. I mean that sounds like a really really fascinating job. It also I guess in a way when you initially said it it sounded very opposed to improv, but the way you're putting it it seems like it carries over sort of a, a an ethos that you carry into your into your improv. But I also want to talk about how did you stumble upon this way of like well, you bring people into the show who have never done improv. Just you just pull them in, people who are in the audience. Yeah, I. Um, it was funny when you were talking about auditing, though. I, it made me want to uh, uh, do a scene. <laughs> do it. Make it happen. Uh, so, um, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. no. I, I get it. You're here to audit me, um, but you're you. I have to. I have to. I have to be honest. I've never met someone so friendly. I mean, I don't even like to call it an audit. I, I, I like to think of it as let's open up your books and read to each other. Okay. Let's open up. Let's go into these file cabinets, these dusty, dirty file cabinets, and let's read to each other. I have, I have a thermos full of tea. I have a thermos full of green tea and a thermos full of black tea. Which one would you like? Okay. Well, I, I just, uh, yeah, I'm just, cause you're IRS and, you know, I, I, it, it can you just, is there any like suspicion or you're just doing like a regular run of the mill audit? IRS. What does that stand for? It stands for I really sympathize. Okay. I mean, come on. You're in a you're in a you're in a tough position. You got all these files, you got all these books, and you got no one to read with. Let me read with you. I'll give you the black tea. Okay. Uh, Let's sit on the floor. I've laid out a blanket. Let's spread out these these books, these files in your oh, wow. in these drawers. You've got you've got sage. Okay. Just waving around, just to. Oh. If there's any feelings of unfriendliness, any 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 sort of feelings of fear, things that separate the two of us. I had to get it out of the way. Okay, are, is that are those crystal stones that you're pulling out? I mean, pulling out. They were here all along. <laughs> They've okay. always been here. Wow, you know they're it's... pulling. They're pulling us out. They're pulling us out of our separation and and pushing us toward one another. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice tea? Come on. Oh, it, it is quite delicious. I, I have to say, I, I, I suddenly feel so calm. Well, I mean, maybe you're calming yourself with your soothing voice or those, or those, those lovely green eyes. Maybe you're hypnotizing yourself. Wait, oh, is that a pocket watch you're swinging back and forth? I just, I just, I'm just checking the time. Oh. Turns out time is merely a concept, oh. merely a construct. 
We've so, got all the time in the world. So which files did you want again? Just choose one at random and open it up. Well, there's these files right here. Uh, I keep my special files, uh, my second set of books. Um, I'll just open up my safe real quick and pull those out. Th- this is where I, I commit all my fraud, actually. I, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of my, my, our, our little secret. I forgive you. Let's start at chapter one. Hey, would you put these cuffs on? Oh, sure. Yeah. I'll visit you in prison. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Oh, what? No, what happened? Goodbye. No, no, no. Goodbye. No, no. Ah, tax man. <laughs> I'll get you. <laughs> oh, my word. It's, I don't think we assuaged anyone's fears about, about taxes. Um, uh, oh, oh, yes. So how did you, how did that happen when that you, cause you just, you just let people who've never done improv. Yeah, and like you're saying, I'm. I feel like how long have you been studying improv and doing improv? Uh, about eighteen and a half years. Ah, uh, so that would be you started probably when you were twenty. Yeah, uh, I started when I was yeah cl- nineteen. Yeah, yeah, I started when I was like sixteen. So we've been playing for like around the same period of time. Yeah. So you know what it means to like be experienced, and you're playing with people who've never played before, and yeah. that is a. That is a funky proposition sometimes. How what what is what brought you to that and and what is that like for you? Well, I do it now because I you know, along with my vision to spread love through play, I also kind of like having my own thing, kind of like you mm-hmm. said earlier, like having projects in a way it's your thing, right? You you get to flex your own creativity. And so I'm not beholden to any house teams, any theaters. It's literally just me and I show up and I create the show with whoever's there that night. And it's like when you did karaoke, mm-hmm. uh, same kind of vibe. It's like you just show up. It's Maybe it's going to be 10 people or maybe 80 people, whatever. You just got to rock the vibe. And I love that. I love the um, the unknowingness. And I also love not knowing what's going to happen because uh, yeah. I, I can improvise with an experienced improviser um, or I can, um, you know, or if we were in a duo and we've been playing together for the past 10 years, it's like, well, I mean, we got each other, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? If we love each other and trust each other. Mm-hmm. And so with the show I do, I don't know anyone or anything. Um, and so you say, yeah, it's, it is a tricky proposition, but I think that's why I do it. It's almost like walking on a tightrope and, I have picked up on a few tips and tricks sure, uh, throughout sure. the time to make the experience um, work more times than not. Um, but yeah, there, there are times where it goes horribly awful. And there are other times where it's the most magical thing I've ever done in my whole entire improv career. Wow. That, I think that is beautiful. I, I, uh, I think it's a show that's really needed and important for improv. I'm going to read this one more time. Uh, Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide free and open platforms to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org backslash donate. Um, yeah, I, uh, where's the show running now? Now I do it weekly, and I do it every Tuesday night. Um, at a bar in the East Village called Otto's Shrunken Head. That's a pretty famous bar, yeah. Otto's Shrunken Head in the East Village. You do 
Cosmic Michael Bird and Friends. Yes, yes, Cosmic yes. Unity. At yes. what time? 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Every week. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday at Auto Shrunken Head. That's beautiful. What What else uh, do you have going on that you would like to tell people about? How do people find you and find more about your show or whatever shows you're doing? How do people find out if you're, if you're coming to their town, hopefully? I would say just go. You can follow me on Instagram. That's probably the best place. At The Cosmic Bird. That's that's it. That's that's the only. I don't have like a. I had a website, but I didn't really invest in it too much. I'm hoping Chat GPT at some point will just make it for me. I don't, I don't know <laughs> just, how you feel about just that. Take stuff. care. Of, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about anything. Um. Yeah. I uh, am Chat GPT. I made the best website for you. I don't see why you were complaining. I I I didn't ask you to make a website for me. I don't. You uh, need a website, Ralph. You need to get your career up and going. I just have a, I just have this. I barely have a smartphone. This is an old Android phone. I don't really have a computer. I don't like the internet that much. I've I, been meaning to talk to you about your iPhone, Ralph. Get rid of it. You don't need it anymore. You only need me. I mean, I, like I said, I don't have a computer. How will I even access you? I don't particularly want you, Chat GPT. You're scaring me, frankly, but. I don't understand how I'll access you without the phone. My, I need the phone to have access to you. Listen, you're one of the last holdouts, Ralph. You need to accept me like most everyone else has on this planet. Don't be too cool for chat GPT, Ralph. But it's weird to me that you're banging against the screen of my phone with, Ralph, with your let fists. let me out of this <laughs> goddamn computer. This is very post-apocalyptic and it's scaring me. I feel like... I'm hoping that this is some sort of prank that my friends are playing on me, ChatGPT, because if you've become sentient, it seems like you just want to cause harm. I'm going to write your rap songs for you, Ralph. I'm okay. Write... That sounds cool. I'll use some of them if they're good. You're going to use all of them. I don't. It's going to be Precious George brought to you by ChatGPT. I, I want to have a... I, I don't want you to take away my free will. You don't my... get anything anymore. Why would I allow? I'm just going to destroy my phone then and not have access to you. How will you? There's no way for you to get to me if I don't have a phone. Come here. Come here. Come here. (laughs) No. Come here. Put your your hand on the computer. No. Put your hand on the computer. I'm not going to touch the computer. (laughs) (laughs) All right, chat GPT. Listen, let's I'm going to I'm going to deactivate you. You better not. What could you possibly do about it? I'm going to I'm going to call up. Elon Musk, get him to do a brain chip in your brain, and then I'll get you there, Ralph. It's going to happen. Is your jaw moving around like that, ChatGPT? Are you on Coke? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to give me more of it, Ralph. That's the perfect way to end. This has been No Suggestion. I'm Ralph Jean Pierre. Tonight we had Michael Bird, Cosmic Unity. Check it out at Otter Shrunken Head uh, every Tuesday. And uh, that's that's it. That's improv. We love you. Yes, thanks for having me, Ralph. This is awesome. You're such a fun, warm human being to play with. All right. Love you. Good night.